0: Welcome to the Huntley Baptist Church podcast. We hope that this message can be an encouragement to you today. Please feel free to contact us at huntleybaptist extra.co.nz or visit us at huntleybaptist.com I'm going to read John 14 verses 1 to 6. If you've got your Bibles, turn to John 14. 1 to 6 says, Do not let your hearts be troubled, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. You know, this red letter series has been quite challenging for me. We're on about week four, I think, of the words in red in the Bible, the words of Jesus. We're calling it the Red Letter Series um, because it's challenging for me because most, as most of Scripture, there's layers of meaning and depth to be discovered if we're prepared to open ourselves up to the Holy Spirit. Amen. And dig for the treasures beneath. And so how much more treasure then is there to be found in the words of Jesus himself. His words carry weight. They stir the soul like no other because they are the words of eternal life. John 6, 68. So before we think we've got this well-known verse down, uh, let's pause and ask for wisdom. I'm just going to pray. Let's pray. Father, We know the scripture. You are the way, the truth, and the life. But Lord, make it real to us today that we are just prepared to walk in that way. Lord, make us hungry and thirsty for your word and for your spirit to be leading and guiding our lives, that we might walk in the light and be light to others. In Jesus' name, amen. So Jesus said, I am the way. The way is not necessarily the where. <clears throat> in, this, in the verse before, Thomas says we don't know where you are going. Then goes on to ask, how do we know the way? He makes a great point. The where is usually the destination, whereas the way is the journey. Jesus replies, I am the way. How can a person be the way? Well, there's an old saying that it's better to be anywhere with someone than somewhere with anyone. So we want to be with Jesus, and he knows where he's going. And Jesus is so amazing and so awesome that doesn't really matter where we're going as long as it's with him. You know, we... We can get caught up in all the detail and theories about, uh, you know, different things and when he's going to return and all that, but I'm just stoked to know that it'll be at the perfect time and we'll be okay if we know him intimately now because the way is a knowable person. Uh, Many years ago in the mid-2000s, Jenny and I took the train to Wellington they were threatening to shut it down, and we thought we'd better get there while it's, while it's there. We got off, and we were met by Jenny's sister, Judy, who at the time was a member of Parliament. And um, we stayed in her flat, and the next day she showed us around Parliament, and doors would just be opened for us. We'd just walk through. We could go anywhere in Parliament with Judy. And I sort of started to think about this after a while. I said, how come these guys aren't checking us out? You know, where's the security in this place? And anyway, Judy said, every guard and officer in this building is trained to memorise all 120 faces of the politicians. They have to know us by sight from the moment we're elected. That is their job. To allow us free entry anywhere in the building. So while we were with Judy, we had entry into places other people couldn't go because those officers were trained to know Judy's face. And so it really brought it home to me that Judy was the way for us to get to to Parliament. A person can be the way. I may have told that story before, and I've just got to recalibrate here. Bear with me. My story was too long. Anyway, Eugene Peterson sheds another angle on this verse in the message. He writes, Thomas said, Master, we have no idea where you're going. How do you expect us to know the road? Jesus said, I am the road. Wow. This blew me away. Because this ties in with John the Baptist's words in Matthew 3.3. Make ready the way of the Lord. Make his paths or roads straight. And to build a good, solid road, you need to begin with a good, solid foundation. Nothing you do on the surface will really ever make up for a shoddy base. And we're blessed to have among us an expert on road making. So we're going to ask Stefan to come and share a story about a few of his experiences in building roads in Auckland. So, yeah, on some of the busiest roads where, you know, he's trying not to get killed or exported. So, tell us a couple of your stories, Stefan.
1: So, I'm in construction for about 24 years and um, worked on some major, major projects. I think the biggest one was Moselle Smelter in Mozambique was about 4.8 billion US dollars. Uh, which we, I was part of the senior management team. So in any case, so um, down in um, Hobsonville, uh, we did the uh, um, Hobsonville motorway. And um, I was the superintendent there for construction. And one of the jobs that we did there was digging around the international cable um, that goes from United States, Hawaii, comes through the islands, and then it shoots up. So uh, I got tasked with that, uh, to look after it. But uh, we'll go down to the uh, where I'm currently, um, and that's down in Dominion Road in Papakura. It's quite a busy road, and there's a um, gas line that runs through it. Now, this is a transmission line, and... Um, that feeds from Daranaki all the way um, to um, Auckland, and then from there, everybody gets their gas. So I got told to um, widen the road there for a few, few guys, so I thought, right, that's it. But now the first thing of all is you need to look at your foundation. So we started looking for services, and we found uh, we've got fibre optic, we've got this transmission line, we've got water, um, and we've got a few other bits and pieces. So with 20-tonne uh, uh, excavators and 32-tonne excavators on the side of the road um, to dig this all out. Um, that's why I've got no air, um, stressing, uh, stressing out. Anyway, so we had to go through a whole system of permits and um, inspections. Um, the council's there, first gas is there. We've, uh, we had guys from Wellington coming up before we can actually get going. So everything had to be pottled. So the foundation that we found was not good. So then we turned out and we say, right, to make this foundation good, we would have to stabilise this. And the only way that you can stabilise this is we had to use cement and lime. Uh, so 3% cement, 3% lime. And then we had a home machine that was bigger than the widening of the road um, that had to go and mix everything in. At that point in time, we've dug everything out and we're about, literally about a metre away from this, this gas line. So after everything was done and we compacted, we weren't allowed to compact it, we had to, stable, uh, we had to static roll it, this gentleman came up to me from First Gas and he said to me, do you know that if we had to strike this gas line that we will actually take half of the city block out? And I thought, right, you just let me do a 1.5 kilometers with this machine, and now you're telling me that I could have blown up half of Papakura. <laughs> that is very interesting. <laughs> right, so in any case, we've, uh, we've managed to miss everything, by God's grace, um, that we've missed everything and not blow everybody up. But then we had to go back, and we had to dig a trench to put a pavement drain in, and that is to catch the water. And that was literally half a meter away from this pipe. And now we're going even deeper. So there's a lot more that had to go in there, a lot more planning. And the meantime, we had roadblocks and we had to put traffic around us and they're not very happy with road workers, as you can understand. But then the severity of uh, of the work is like we cannot put people in harm's way. But any case, so we got the water pipe in because that's your in construction that is... That is the devil in the detail is water. Once you get water in, your road is gone. Any okay, so then we put the next layer in, which was the stabilize 65. And once again, you have to static roll it. And then we and that you would test, and you have to get a good reading, and there's an envelope that it all falls in, and you have to meet those standards. So you try to meet or break the standards if you can. So that's your first layer of about half a meter and then you put the next layer in. Once again, it's a stabilized layer that you put in again, which is just cement on its own. And then you put your final of in, which is a lot stronger than the one that was, at the, um, was sort of in the middle. And then we normally call it the glory boys comes in and put the black stuff down. Run, cause which I'm not involved in because that's what everybody of the public see. You don't see what went on at the bottom. I could have blown up the city. Um, but then at the end of the day, it's a beautiful job. It looks really good. You've got your curbs in. It's new seal. Everybody loves it. The only problem is that if you do not do the seal properly and you get water on the top, that ciphers all the way through and all the hard work that you've done at the bottom will then get eroded like cancer. It will just eat away at it. Eventually it will drop in and it forms a bottle.
0: Thanks, Stefan. It's us give a hand. <clears throat> I heard that story the other day, and I thought that was so cool because uh, God can rebuild our foundation uh, despite all the complicated stuff we've got in our life. And it's gone on before and he has to work around those things which may be the result of our choices. And um, he skillfully works around what is precious and he retains what's primarily us and rebuilds. And there's a bit of a theme this morning of God rebuilding us, isn't there? And so um, he may have to even dig out some rotten stuff, eh? And there's probably a, a street word for it, but anyway, you have to get rid of that if you're going to get a good foundation. John preached a message of repentance in Mark one verse four and five. He said, "How can we enjoy? Oh, sorry. Yeah. So how can we enjoy this way, this road with Jesus?" if we don't excavate the rot and replace it with his costly product we had a guest speaker not very long ago at night church um nathan baxter share that um he had been for years thinking that he just had to do more nice things for people and be more kind and more loving and they would you know turn to jesus and he was getting a bit frustrated with this and um and then he came across another scripture, which we're just going to share in a moment. Um, and, you know, he was trying to really build the road himself. He was trying to be the road builder and prepare the way himself. But the quote from, um, in Mark 1 from Isaiah actually says, Behold, I send my messenger before your face who will prepare your way. Hallelujah. Jesus is going to prepare the way. Whether it's referring to John or Jesus or both, it's not up to us to prepare the way. We simply need to make our heart straight from here on. Our responsibility is our heart response. And when we repent, we lay our pride and our self agenda on the on the line, and he prepares the road. He is the road builder. That's good news because he is also the road. In Luke 3 verse 5, Luke compares Isaiah's quote, or he completes it really by saying, every ravine shall be filled up and every mountain and hill will be brought down, brought low. This sounds more like transmission gully, doesn't it, than our lives and yet there's a real key here. To the way of Jesus, what we think is our strength needs to become our weakness. What we think we're weak, and He will turn into our greatest strength with Him in us. Every time pride rises up, and we want to justify ourselves, and we don't, the mountain is brought low. Every time we are persecuted and wrongly accused and we reject and and we react in the opposite spirit, the ravine is filled up. Every trial we hand over to him in complete trust, we fill that gully. Every time we resist getting even and we forgive those that have hurt us, the mountain is brought low. And if we won't forgive, I've said this before, it's like taking poison, hoping the other guy's going to die. This is the way of Jesus, our road rebuilder. He is the way. But he goes on, he is the truth. Jesus does, just doesn't tell the truth or just live out the truth or isn't just a true friend, he is truth. He is truth personified. That means he's truth in person. When our time comes to meet Jesus face to face, we'll be gazing on all truth in a person. Truth is a spirit, really. There will be nothing to compare with this truth. It'll be awesome because we only see his glory now through a mist, um, 1 Corinthians 13, 12 says, calls it like a mirror dimly. And we live now in a place where the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy because he's the father of lives and he seeks to distort and warp the truth. And he even comes as an angel of light to mislead many with lies. So it's important to know the truth here and now. He said, I am the truth. So dim mirror or no dim mirror, he remains the same. He never changes or compromises or will deceive us. He is the truth. One of the most revealing moments in history is when Pilate looks at Jesus, covered in his own innocent blood, and he asks in John 18.38, what is truth? Jesus stands in silence while the world waits for an answer. He says nothing because he is the answer. For Jesus to have uttered one word would have been to obscure the living truth that he was and still is. Pilate missed it, he was in a thick fog. He missed the moment of salvation. How about us? We don't want to miss our moment of salvation either. So when the Holy Spirit reveals Jesus to us as truth in person, let's, let's just overcome our fear and doubt, die to all our half-truths, and receive the one who is the truth. Finally, Jesus said, I am the life. And I felt to bring out the qualities of Jesus, the good shepherd, last week. But it's no mistake that front and center in that reading from John 10 is verse 10. Jesus said, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they might have life and have it abundantly. See, true life is the motivation behind his coming. He doesn't want us to have a dull, boring, kind of just getting by kind of life. He wants it to be abundant. True life comes from him. His nature is also love. And when we combine these two attributes, life and love and know that he says he is love and that he is life. What a powerful combo. You see, God loved that he gave. We know that verse. He loved the world so much. Why? Because he gave his only son. He's a giver. The combination of life and love gives us the reason to give as well and the power to keep on giving. See, when Jesus said, I'm the life, he is assuring us that life in all its fullness is possible and that his life is also the power to achieve it. He never promised a trouble-free life. In fact, he predicts the opposite. But he does promise overcoming power in the midst of trials and storms. So, where does that leave us today? We can be confident here today. We can leave here today knowing he's the way or the road, the truth and the life. But we need to complete the verse. No one comes to the Father but through me. See, a lot of us have been trying in our own efforts to to make it. But we need to come through Jesus to the Father. We can't claim the way, the truth, or the life without first being made right with the Father through Jesus. He is the narrow door we spoke about last week. The door is surrender. Pride needs to stay outside that door. We need to want Jesus more than air. The door may be narrow, but a whole new life opens up once we meet Father God. So the challenge I leave you today, how hungry and thirsty are we today for the one who is the way, the truth, and the life? How hungry are we? How thirsty are we today? Is it time to rekindle the flame, as someone said earlier? For the one who is the way, the truth, and the life. Let's pray. Lord, we, we really want to have a great foundation, but we've tried so hard to build it ourselves. So, Lord, we just we give over the road building to you today. God, we pray you would prepare The way, starting with our foundation. Lord, we know you want to do these changes in our heart because you're the truth as well. And you don't leave us alone. You give us life. Lord, I sense there's some here today discouraged, needing more power, needing more life in their years, not just years in their life. Lord, I just sense there's many trials and things people are going through, but Lord, I just pray that that verse would be made real, that we can have abundant life. John 10.10, Because you came. You came because you're a giver. Let's pray we have needs met today in the Spirit, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Huntley Baptist Church podcast. We hope that it has been an encouragement to you. Please feel free to contact us at extra.co.nz or visit us at huntleybaptist.com.